Chapter 4 of The Negro in Literature and Art in the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Virgin Rochelle, Shreveport, Louisiana. The Negro in Literature and Art in the United States by Benjamin Griffith Rowley. Charles W. Chestnut. Charles Waddell Chestnut, the best known novelist and short story writer of the race, was born in Cleveland, Ohio, June 20, 1858. At the age of 16, he began to teach in the public schools of North Carolina, from which state his parents had gone to Cleveland and at the age of 23, he became principal of the State Normal School at Fayetteville. In 1883, he left the South, engaging for a short while in newspaper work in New York City, but going soon to Cleveland, where he worked as a stenographer. He was admitted to the bar in 1887. While in North Carolina, Mr. Chestnut studied to good purpose the dialects, manners, and superstitions of the Negro people of the state. In 1887, he began in the Atlantic Monthly, the series of stories which was afterwards brought together in the volume entitled The Conjure Woman. This book was published by the Halfton Mifflin Company the firm which published also Mr. Chestnut's other collection of stories and the first two of his three novels. The Wife of His Youth and Other Stories of the Color Line appeared in 1899. In the same year appeared a compact biography of Frederick Douglass, a contribution to the Beacon biographies of eminent Americans. Three novels have since appeared as follows. The House Behind the Cedars, 1900, The Marrow of Tradition, 1901, and The Colonel's Dream, 1905. Mr. Chestnut's short stories are not all of the same degree of excellence, but the best ones show that he is fully master of the short story as a literary form. One of the best technically is the bouquet, this is a story of the devotion of a little Negro girl to her white teacher and shows clearly how the force of Southern prejudice might forbid the expression of simple love not only in a representative home, but even when the object of the devotion is born to the cemetery. The Sheriff's Children is a tragic tale of the relations of a white father with his illegitimate colored son. Most famous of all these stories, however, is The Wife of His Youth, a simple work of art of great intensity. It is a tale of a very fair colored man who just before the Civil War, by the aid of his Negro wife, makes his way from slavery in Missouri to freedom in a northern city. Groveland, Cleveland. After the years have brought to him business success and culture, and he has become the acknowledged leader of his social circle and the prospective husband of a very attractive young widow, his wife suddenly appears on the scene. 
the story ends with mr riders acknowledging before a company of guests the wife of his youth such stories as these each setting forth a certain problem and working it out to its logical conclusion reflect great credit upon the literary skill of the writer of the novels the house behind the cedars is commonly given first place in the story of the heroine lena walden are treated some of the most subtle and searching questions raised by the color line lena is sought in love by three men george tryon a white man whose love fails when put to the test jeff wayne a coarse and brutal mulatto and frank fowler a devoted young negro who makes every sacrifice demanded by love the novel, especially in its last pages, moves with an intensity that is an unmistakable sign of power. It is Mr. Chestnut's most sustained treatment of the subject for which he had become best known. That is, the delicate and tragic situation of those who live on the borderline of the races. And it is the best work of fiction yet written by a member of the race in America. In The Marrow of Tradition, the main theme is the relations of two women, one white and one colored, whose father, the same white man, had in time been married to the mother of each. The novel touches upon almost every phase of the Negro problem. It is a powerful plea, but perhaps too much a novel of purpose to satisfy the highest standards of art. The Wellington of the story is very evidently Wilmington, North Carolina, and the book was written immediately after the race troubles in that city in 1898. The Colonel's Dream is a sad story of the failure of high ideals. Colonel Henry French is a man who, born in the South, achieves success in New York and returns to his old home for a little vacation only to find himself face to face with all the problems that one meets in a backward southern town. He dreamed of a regenerated South, filled with thriving industries, enthroned with a prosperous and happy people, where every man, having enough for his needs, was willing that every other man should have the same, where law and order should prevail unquestioned, and where every man could enter through the golden door of hope, the field of opportunity, where lay the prizes of life, which all might have an equal chance to win or lose. Becoming interested in the injustice visited upon the Negroes in the courts, and in the employment of white children in the cotton mills, Colonel French encounters opposition to his benevolent plans, opposition which finally sends him back to New York defeated. Mr. Chestnut writes in simple, clear English, and his methods might well be studied by younger writers who desire to treat in the guise of fiction the many searching questions that one meets today in the life of the South. End of chapter four. Recording by Virgin Rochelle, Shreveport, Louisiana.